Hello. Hello. Hey. What's yeah. that little little music in the background? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? It's a clock in my kitchen. Oh, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. I was like, Hello, oh, everyone. What's the song, actually? What's the song playing? It's a, it's a clock from a, um, na, 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 a, Japanese, na, na, pop, na, na, a Japanese pop group. Hmm. Okay. But anyway, awesome. that's, another, that's a whole other story. You yeah, always have probably. such uh, interesting con contributions to uh, to these chats, Tony. Now it's uh, music. Sometimes it's cats, and in all cases, it's a it's a carefully chosen background. <laughs> I, I guess this, this is your kitchen background again, right? It's the kitchen, yeah. yeah it's, nice. I, I can't. It's something um, about me that that has to be like a disruptor somehow. I <laughs> it's, it's I can't really help it though. Just happens on its own. Yeah, I think well, it's great. Looks mm. good. Right. Yeah. Oh, so I, welcome uh, everybody. <laughs> I was going to say I, welcome I, everybody I, here. <laughs> I forgot to say. Um, I think actually that Lady Starlight helped choose this wallpaper. Wow. Um, oh wow. Yeah, I, I remember that after a previous um, broadcast where people were talking about the wallpaper. So there you go. Maybe she's here somewhere. If uh, Colleen is here, say hi. Ah, you see, people <laughs> always go on about the background. It's Lady Starlight chose chose the wallpaper. Wow. <laughs> nice one. So welcome, everybody. Welcome to uh, Noptwit Let's Hangout number 33? Nine. Eight? Seven? 39. Nine. 39. <laughs> I, 39. Lost I lost count. <laughs> Yeah, 39 weeks. Wow. Okay. Um, so tonight, let me introduce the guests and uh, say hello to uh, everybody in the chat in YouTube, on YouTube and on Twitch. Um, first of all, Vlad is here. Vlad Kramer from joining us from Moscow. Hello, Vlad. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. I'm here. Minus 20. Fine. Oh dear, minus twenty. Uh, I thought I thought the the weather was here was uh, was bad, but minus twenty sounds uh, scary. But you're uh, inside, so I, I guess you don't have to worry about the temperature too much now. I'm inside, not outside. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show, uh, Vlad. Really good to have you. Um, and also we have uh, Glenn, aka Linear Straight, uh, joining us from Belgium. Hey, Glenn. Hey, everybody. How are you? Pretty good. good. To see you again. Yeah. Good to see you again. Yeah. <laughs> it's been not such a long time because we uh, we did this uh, set for Stay Hometown System uh, uh, two weekends ago already. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially. Which was like a very. In a, in a in a spaceship, the kind of lighting and all the lights behind you. It looks you look you're you're in a the console in a spaceship. <laughs> Chewy. Yeah. So. Um, it was fun, actually. I really had a good time, and uh, yeah, it's always fun to be in that place, you know. This is like synth paradise, <laughs> playing and jamming with your home. Yeah, you you did bring bring your own setup though, uh, and so yeah, but still, yeah, yeah. That that that's even the coolest part. Like we have everything like stuck out there, and we actually didn't use that much from, mm. from it. So yeah. 
No, it's good. I uh, really enjoyed it. It's uh, it was like a very uh, very contained mood, you know, very uh, very trippy, and it stayed sort of the same throughout the set, which is uh, something. Um, yeah, it worked out really well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I hope. Uh, I really had a nice time. So, uh, and everybody knows it was my <laughs> my birthday that night. So it was like <laughs> it was like a whoa, a lot of uh, signals. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Cool. Uh, also joining us, of course, Tony Surgeon is here again. Hey, man. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been. Uh, yeah, this is your nice. third, third or fourth time already. Oh, maybe <laughs> five. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, it's always good fun, though. There's always some good uh, jokes and stories, and uh, yeah, it's good fun. Good to some, have you back. Something, something to do on. Uh, on a Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, for us, it's been our night at the pub, you know, like this weekly chat um, with uh, not many places you can go. Um, this is still a really nice way to hook up and uh, to uh, exchange thoughts, ideas and stories with uh, like-minded people, which is uh, absolutely great. So let's uh, let's give everybody the opportunity to say hi in the, in the comments. Hello, people in the comments. If you have any uh, questions, please feel free to uh, to drop them here, uh, and we'll try to bring them into the conversation. Um, yeah, I see already like one comment about the pipe. Glenn, you had your you had the soma pipe with you last um, last yes. session we did. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I guess you know the common theme with uh with all of us here is uh uh Vlad's wonderful amazing and imaginative instruments and um so we'll be talking about that but maybe you can um we can start with uh with with Vlad because I think what is the um, the reason why you started making instruments because um I know you're a, a performer yourself and um, you have this your own look on what an instrument should be, how the interaction between the user or the player and the instrument should take place. But of course, everybody can have ideas about it, but not many people actually go on and build their own instruments. So what was the trigger for you uh, to start building the stuff yourself? Well, maybe it was... Uh, a reflection on the uh, surrounding situation on the musical market and uh, common situation on, uh, on the earth. So, first of all, uh, it was connected with Russian of all industry of releases, like was a uh, like classical musician who had a record label and uh, releases on vinyls, on CDs, so like guys who care about all these things, and then after uh, internet grow, grow it up and uh, non-commercial labels start, started to be uh, totally non-profound, so uh, uh, it lost like sense to work in studio, and I moved myself to stage. And it was well, uh, like everything, of, uh, every one of us, uh, of course, you have to make Live performance alone was the uh, time of Pink Floyd is gone, so I can't have a big band and move 
on <laughs> big truck on my gig. So then I start to invent my own way how I can play and don't use such things like computer or pre-programmed sequencer that I actually don't like. So I think it's not a good way for live performance. If you just press play note, play button and that's all. So you have to really perform something and it has to be like a process on stage. But it's complex to make a solid performance if you are alone, alone on stage. So I start to invent some tricks for it. This is one part. The second part, I found myself that I am, uh, that I am bored, uh, bored in a musical shop. I have money but don't buy anything because nothing catch my attention like regular things. Like, don't reflect something important, like I, my feelings, uh, my approaches, I start to feel different, especially after I uh, visited India and a little bit learned into uh, Indian classical music and uh, it uh, switched my mind that much better if you make intonation yourself, so choose your notes uh, yourself, not to just fix it, chromatical uh, scale. I started to be very bored with chromatical scale. I uh, hear it everywhere. I, st I started to hear it in all music. So like the same interval, like but multiplying on himself many, many times. So I started to think how I can uh, make it uh, in another way more, more flexible, especially inside how I can express uh, this my inner feelings of uh, scale and uh, maybe Glenn will support my soul. So I was very, uh, so my, my first come to this was uh, with very, very first uh, techno, like uh, while they use these trackers, very simple trackers and simple uh, sampler, uh, samplers, and they just can adjust this tune with very stupid way, like this, those, uh, those style things and the samples often out of tune, a little bit out of tune, but it sounds uh, very attractive because it creates absolutely another feeling of scale. So I found this uh, uh, beautifulness of where scales in uh, early techno clubs because uh, it was 90s, late 90s, and I didn't hear it in uh, regular music. So. That is why I started to invite such strange instruments uh, that can reflect my uh, feelings about scale, how I can interact with scale, and uh, how I can interact with music, actually. Because uh, like 61 key, key, keyboards uh, started, like, <clears throat> stopped uh, to get my attention. So I, I can't suck it in, you know, so it's not a journey anymore. Uh, Despite it's still an uh, excellent uh, tool for pop production, for something like, let's say, normal production, uh, totally fine. That is why I started to create all these crazy things. And also it was uh, like crazy period like this. Uh, so double setup, maybe, you know, uh, I did setup like a synth, analog synth, with a lot of sensors that I put on my body, and I can play music there by dancing. And uh, it also did a lot of limitations, like I can't wear on myself <laughs> 70 
mistress of equipment, so I need something really lightweight. So, uh, so, so, you, so what you're saying, you initially built all this stuff for yourself. So uh, in the beginning, were you, were you planning at all to to uh, to do any mass production or any instruments for others uh, at some point? I had no any uh, any uh, intentions to make mass production and even small production for other musicians. So for me, it was a big surprise because I uh, I know I knew that I a good engineer, but I didn't know that my ideas can be interesting for another musician. So I <laughs> even uh, didn't have, have in my mind. So I just did it for myself and just uh, suddenly put it in the internet and uh, start started to receive a lot of requests, uh, actually very crazy requests. Like I put it in my private Russian page in Vkontakte, maybe you know, it's Russian network. So it's mostly inside of Russia. It's not like Facebook everywhere. So, and after some time, uh, a guy from US uh, wrote to me, "Oh, can you build uh, for me the scenes?" I just asked, uh, asked him, "Okay, I can build, but just explain me how did you find me?" <laughs> so you are in US. I am in Russia. The all posts in Russian. Ah, so I have um, a girlfriend, and uh, my girlfriend uh, has Russian uh, friend, and this friend uh, has friend of someone, music, Russian musician, and he showed to him this gear, and uh, by this chain, and uh, it came up to me. And after such stories, I got very uh, bright um, understanding that it's really very hot hot uh, spot for musical thinking for business so it has sense so in compare with music sorry i know that uh, all of us are musicians but for independent music it's not a good time so of course you can do everything but it's very hard to earn money very hard to be uh to, to run it like uh the, the, the same business you know so uh, often musicians need to find some additional work because they can't uh, just hit themselves using this money from gigs or from recordings, especially recordings, of course. It's uh, a gift for humanity of recordings from... I really... Uh, uh, what, uh, what you said about these um, these connections that happen, I really believe in that when, when you have something that's really special, uh, like a special instrument or even with special music, you know, I don't think you have to like hardcore promote it. It's just, uh, it creates its own interest. If it's, if it's, uh, special enough, then, then it works mm -hmm. kind of in this word of mouth way and it just spreads so yeah, quickly. Yeah. I don't know. That's my, that's my kind of belief that, that, you know, really the special things get out that way without having to be, having to have, you know, expensive promotion campaigns behind them. Well, well I mean, I, there's there's so much mediocrity that some stuff that is special kind of floats to the surface yeah. automatically, I guess, yeah. So actually, uh, some didn't use it, don't use at the moment any uh, usual promotion. So we have no paid advertisement, so, and we tried it, but it's uh, absolutely incomparable. You, you don't need it. <laughs> yes, you don't need no, it. It doesn't work. 
or if we will use it, we have to really spend a lot of money and make our gear uh, more expensive. For me, it's very wrong place. So I don't uh, don't like these things. Like I uh, ask my users, please pay money, additional money for this gear will be sold to you. It's crazy. It's stupid. So for me, much better. Uh, I prefer the 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 YouTube videos you make with, you know, playing vegetables with, with forks <laughs> and things like that, you know, that's much more fun and more kind of eye catching, I think. Mm. Yeah. The first time I, the first time I heard about the, the Lyra was not on the internet, but was word of word of mouth, hmm. which, which, you know, that's, that's uh, an exception because most of the stuff that you find out about these days is uh, through the internet, you know, through promotion. So, but that's cool. Yeah. A very simple formula. Just make something useful and it will promote it, uh, itself by itself. So it, it really works with Soma. And I'm very happy with it because I really hate advertising. Mm. So <laughs> everywhere. It's yeah. the vegetables that gives me the confidence as a, as a customer. <laughs> Good point. Uh. <laughs> Hey, there she oh. is, the background um, hey. lady. Hey, Colleen. <laughs> I, saw, I saw John John pop up as well. Hello, John. I saw PJ. Hi, PJ. <laughs> ah, a lot of, a lot of uh, people I know. Oh, oh that's a question name. for, um, yeah, a question for Vlad uh, from um, RG. Did the oh. Lyra name came from the classic Greek instrument? Yes, but uh, the reason is very simple, because uh, Lyra 8 is just like eight electronic tunable strings, like on uh, classical Lyra. So uh, it's not like full keyboard chromatic scale, but uh, just very few amount, uh, very small amount of strings, but one can be uh, tuned on your conscious decision on some scale you need. Is it fair to say, Vlad, that um, you draw a lot of inspiration from traditional instruments, like uh, more classical instruments, like uh, things that you can play with your hands and that you have a direct connection with, you know, rather than having a complicated interface in front of you, which makes you makes you, you know, dive menus and, and interact with it in a more systematic way? Your instruments are all very uh, directly accessible. Um, so is there, is there, um, is that something you take from, from traditional instruments? Is that something you, um, you yes, can inspire by? Because uh, all, uh, really great instruments from violin to theremin, very simple, uh, observation. All of them lets musician to touch, uh, sound core, let's say sound core. So the stuff that produce actually sound. So. Uh, like uh, theremin, why it's so genius? Because you uh, really touch sound generator by your arm. Because you um, change this capacitance and it's produced different uh, pitch and volume, but you really touch the generator but by your arm. The same with all classical instruments, especially such expressive like uh, bowie instruments, like Indian classical instrument. So uh, European piano actually like more far from it because you have a lot of mecha mechanics between your fingers and string. So 
the most expressive instruments uh, that one that uh, that one that allows you to try touch strings or something that sounds uh, directly and uh, I uh, try uh, try to use the same approach with things because I got simple uh, decision so it's not a problem with electronic uh, way of synthesis the problem is in structure of synthesis so why we can't uh, be so expressive this like feeling life feelings like this violin not because electronics is that but uh, because you can't touch the sound core and uh, after I built in a such way like like Lyra 8, so you can touch everything, like Pulsar 23, you can touch everything, especially in Pulsar, it's even circuitry, you can touch by your fingers uh, and be a part of the circuit, so, and uh, it's immediately start to make absolutely another response, and you feel yourself like something, something live, so the more, one of the most common reviews on Lyra 8, it behave, uh, behaves like a uh, like, uh, live creature, like a beast, not like a synthesizer, like a beast. And uh, <laughs> it is a very beast. simple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I draw this inspiration from classical instruments and uh, uh, mostly from observation why we have these feelings with these instruments. And the answer was, for my surprise, very simple and it's absolutely applicable to contemporary electronic stuff as well. Mm. Yeah, it makes the working with with those type of instruments also less predictable and a bit more dangerous even, you know, if, because you you know that you are um, interacting with it, but you cannot predict entirely what's going to happen because it's there's um, yeah, a little bit of a factor that the instrument has a life on its own and you can manipulate it, but never completely um guided into in into a predictable direction it's giving you um feedback in a way it's like a bandmate or <laughs> something mm -hmm. like that <laughs> but i think i think the lyra is the first instrument which 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 kept the the feedback minimum the maximum just inside the box you know i never had this feeling that Lyra will blow up my speakers or any kind of that. Yeah. So in, in, in that way, I think it's one of the first instruments which got it all settled up and this is the square box, you know. You know what I'm talking about? You have this feeling, Tony? <laughs> um, I was getting distracted by the question. Uh, you, what were you saying about the, the Lyra? Yeah, that the Lyra is actually the, the only instrument which keeps the feedback since from the sounds inside this little box so there's no way to blow up your speaker so Vlad yeah, yeah. really paid attention in the output that yeah, when the, the level ends never gets, yeah even when the sound goes crazy the level yeah, doesn't get yeah, out, yeah. out of control exactly so when there's too much low end it will like somehow compensate um at the end okay. which is like fantastic I, I found the Lyra really interesting um, to you to use live because um, I found the the sound really opened out so much it in this I don't know in the studio it almost um, you know it sounds very much really a lot of power in the mid-range possibly 
but when I used it on, on a sound system, the, the, the low and the high parts really opened out and um, it was a lot, uh, the sound was a lot richer and less, I don't know, it's, it's very strong, but it's, it, had a, uh, it had a smoother, richer quality to it on, over a sound system, which, which worked really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, and really you know, some it, it, it's funny some some instruments sound great in my studio and i use them live and they just sound awful yeah and others others i mean i'm sure Joachim's found that as well but others <laughs> they really surprise you how you know uh rich uh, with the harmonics and stuff and i think that that's what i found with the lyra and unfortunately i haven't yet had a chance to perform live with the pulsar you know actually on a sound system i've done you know the remote jams with Joachim, but so i'm really looking forward to hearing how that one sounds on a sound system because i'm 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 expecting that to sound uh, really good as well mm -hmm. so i really paid a lot of attention to these things that you just described and for example in lyra there is a built-in uh, a kind of limiter that really watch for volume don't jump too high because with mm -hmm. all these crazy effects, this analog synths, I notice it a lot like it can really be very, very loud and it's... Mm -hmm. uh, That's what I meant, yeah. So I really uh, paid attention how it sound and make balancing so despite it analog synths, uh, there is like a special notes that make a kind of simple analog mastering on the end of, of Lyra 8 and uh, create this special uh, rich sound. The same with pulsar. So I even oh, yeah. used uh, for make this uh, special pulsar sound and even used uh, operational amplifier from Soviet Union because no one uh, else amplifier can give this taste. The special uh, Soviet Union uh, IC that uh, creates like a little bit flower. So I really pay attention to these things and uh, I really, because before I also worked like high-end engineer, so I built uh, tube home systems with super, super nice sound, and I know how to tune all these things by, like, uh, different capacitors, different materials inside. So, I, of course, I unfortunately, I can't use them in mass production, like tubes from 60s, but such things like... Uh, operational amplifier from Soviet Union is possible to use. So I really use it and play it. that is why it uh, have this rich harmonic, not suddenly. Someone, uh, someone was asking, asking a question about how, um, whether you can make more, more subtle sounds with the, the pulsar because all they've heard is very industrial stuff. But I think, I think it mm. has a, it has a really good range and it's only, you know, yeah. if you watch videos when people are, are just, you know, ring modulating and distorting, of course it's gonna it's gonna sound really, really heavy. But I think um I think it has a good range and you can make it sound clean if you want yeah. as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it's a clean everything this is an interesting one from um ah. Aura. Aura music. Um, do you tune the library before your live show, or do you improvise everything on the spot? Uh, I've done it. Uh, I've done it different ways. I've done it a lot of different ways. Uh, some 
sometimes I've tuned all eight notes in the beginning just to start that way, but then I end up uh, just going crazy with a couple of them maybe, or maybe I tune, I just tune four for low notes and, and have the upper ones just wild. And um, so maybe sometimes I, 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 when I sound check, I'll tune it. And then during the performance, uh, it just goes where yeah you make a starting you make a starting point just to get you yeah. going and then you see where you just but anyway, improvise with, the where way, with the um the kind of modulation uh you know i found a way where i could tune the notes but the way i'm using the modulation uh pots i, I don't know what they're called exactly but um yeah you can you can ride the tune totally and and leave the main um the main notes, main pitch, uh, yeah. the main pitch. So there's a way of that. There's a way you can leave it in tune, but be like freaking out all the other parameters. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, I've used it in a lot of different ways and it, it's, it's more like, I would definitely say it's, it's, it's one of these instruments where you, it's best to ask, okay, what does the Lyra want to do and not, not try to enforce my will on it. I have to be open and aware of what, what mood it's in or, or what it wants to do. And it's more like a cooperation than me being the master and this is the machine, if, if that yeah. makes sense. So I, I get the most out of it when I'm, I'm listening to it more. Yeah. Yeah, in that sense, you could say it's a it's a band member, <laughs> or yeah. uh, or something you that talks back to you, I guess. Yeah, I was in the beginning. I was I was using it from from the left side, like more bassy sounds, which I tuned before my set, and then keeping my right side just for the higher notes because as you noticed, the 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 left part is is lower in in in, in oscillator. So. Um, yeah, or, or just use the left part as as a modulation source for the rest of it. So yeah, it has pretty a lot of flexible ways, and 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 bring some coins with you, like 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 Robin showed oh, yeah. me. Uh, it really works nice. So I you saw can that. Have your I, I, I yeah. always forgot to try putting a coin on the yeah. on the on the pressure pad. Um, but I I I often use it. Uh, in this like continuous sustain yeah, drone kind of mode. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of the recently I've been using that almost more than uh, doing so much touching the pads. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, I end up using it differently uh, each time. Really? Yeah, that's 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 Flat's intention, I I guess. But the thing the thing is, if you use it like you you just mentioned, like a drone thing, and then you start like bringing CV in on the back, you get like really 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 nice sequences. A lot of people are not aware of it. They they think it's just a drone machine, but you can do like yeah. really musical stuff actually with it. Yeah, but with uh, the um, using the the two uh, the two kind of LFOs. And the way that they interact with each other and the different and or kind of thing, that's that's such a great way of generating <clears> such <throat> weird sequences and then using that to modulate the delay. I don't know. Uh this is these are all like 
completely unrepeatable but um different every time uh you know these so, weird so is i guess you've used it in a studio as well then tony and do you then just record everything that comes out and then use bits of it or do you use the whole performance and build stuff around it or use it in its entirety as a solo improvisation thing um, what what is the approach for um for that in the studio i have used it in quite subtle ways in the studio but it's it's just such a fun live live instrument and it sounds so great you know at, mm. at, it never at gets boring I, I mean the um the first really i'd only had it a really short while and me and dan did a transcendence orchestra gig in london and uh i was just so shocked at the it was in a, in the crypt of an old church and the literally the ceiling was falling yeah. down yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the bass and i was yeah. like yeah come on yeah. You know, <laughs> and i would i would hit these notes and it, it was like resonating the room and yeah, yeah, like, yeah yeah and everyone's yeah, just looking starting. a little bit scared they're like oh, <laughs> this is an ambient show yeah we, we <laughs> had it like, flat. Vlad, we had it's it turned it, uh, into black good. metal <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we had so it at super good it was really it was kind of uh, a really nice uh shock surprised to hear how heavy it was <laughs> yeah exactly so glenn do you you said you use it in the studio as well right and um, um well, i was i was lucky to 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 have a lighter up pretty fast i i have it i think more than three almost three years now almost like that so when i first got it i was like like Tony said, I was like so surprised what this thing was capable of. And I, I I know I got into the studio and I was like, okay, let's let's do an album with this new kind of sound in, 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 in my in my box. And that's where I did Ross Cosmos. And and it it went very, very smoothly and I did like really, really one takes over an entire track changing pits uh, pitch and, and 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 everything so i just recorded it and and it turned out really really good uh, at the end i didn't do that much editing uh, so yeah you can do like really one take song with it yeah definitely. yeah yeah cool let's um uh, uh encourage people to uh, to to ask uh any of us questions because uh, usually I'm I'm very bad in uh, <laughs> keeping an eye on the comments, but I see a lot of activity. So, if anybody has a, um, any questions specifically for one of us, yeah. let us know. Yeah. Ah, okay, that's a good one. Um, what CV sources would you recommend to feed into the Lyra? Maybe you want to. Oh, your fingers? Yeah, yeah your yeah. hands. <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know. Um... <laughs> Um, no, you can do you can do you can do anything in there. In, in when it comes to CV, I did some 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 tests and it, it goes re really crazy. But if you if you come from a, an ordinary sequence or it just like plays like really basic notes, if the tuning is right, it's. Is this the 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 CV jack in the back? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. So this I, could I, be never, in, I right? never, I never tried but, that. But you need, so but you need, to, you need to, you need to make the contact. So when there's contact, you can put the CV inside, and then it's. Ah. So you can play like actually, 
with an external sequencer, but yet mm. you still have this Lyra sound without VCA. So it's 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 still long. It's, it plays nodes, but without VCA or envelopes, or and that's where things get interesting. You know, checking the output of the Lyra back into a filter, external envelope filter, VCA filter, and so so yeah. So it's you can chop it up. So, Vlad, is, that, is, is it? Is it? I had a question for you about this. Is it? Is the connectivity um, of the instruments? Is it a compromise or is it um, an addition for you? Because since the instruments are primarily designed as performance instruments, I could imagine that uh, any connectivity would kind of sort of change the function or change the idea about what people can have about the instrument. So I firstly would like to give some secret receipt for uh, previous previous questions. So okay. try to connect to CV ins, especially to CV pitch, uh, another seat for drum machine. Try, try to connect uh, some sound. So and you can you can modulate Lyra voices by another synth, and you can get absolutely amazing result because it will be like a hard sync this another things that could be in perfect tune or some drum line and it start to react by all this lira craziness it's uh, like like an envelope follower type thing or something much more crazy it's uh, a kind of a kind of crazy fm modulation so if you will connect another things it start to be like uh outsource fm source but it will uh, work rather like a hard sync, especially in some points of uh, this uh, uh, mode knob. So you can get uh, from strange equalization to real FM using another sound source, especially maybe drum line, so you can create a lot of crazy stuff. Also, try, uh, try to use the same with TV in for delay. Yes, so, very interesting. Most, uh, most people uh, got this idea because Everybody thinks that CV is something slow, like from sequencer, but try to use sound source. So it's, it, I promise you will you will be surprised at the lot. So you result. feed a, a sound source into the yeah. CV in? Okay. Yeah, just no, a radio. Just another synth or drum machine. CV, yeah, in, for, CV in for pitch and CV in, uh, in for delay. Uh-oh. Yeah. And, and the next question is compromise between connectivity and uh, so could you please remember once again the second question? well i mean i mean the, the there there is some uh, possibilities various possibilities to uh, connect the the machines to, to be talking to other instruments or like inputs um of other machines but um like you said uh you know the or not like you said but i get the, i get the idea that the instruments are very much performance instruments so you know basically human input is probably um the main way of inputting data to to play with it right and uh, i was yeah, just wondering yeah is totally open you can connect to pulsar uh, almost everything with lyra it's like uh since without uh, any so actually i did all this focus on the uh, rear rear panel 
more because people ask me. So oh, I need a CV, blah, blah. But Lyra, first of all, is uh, for, it's like violin. It has no CV, it has no MIDI in. So, <laughs> and also, <laughs> also really, uh, Lyra, it's not just uh, that kind of crazy old circuitry. It's very hard driving by any CV because it's absolutely another approach. There is no VCO inside. That is why I called it not uh, VCO, but voice, but uh, something like it, I don't remember, generator, because uh, it's absolutely another approach. So you can't drive it by CV. Or you have to change a lot Lyra circuitry, and it starts to be like stupid eight voice uh, synthesizer. So it, uh, it will lose 90% of its uh, unique character. So mm. it's very special circuitry inside. Very, very hard to drive it by CVs, especially MIDI, yes, absolutely. It will kill all Lyra beautifulness if I will try to put MIDI. Mm. Still, still fun, though. It's still fun to do it. There's no theory, but it's fun, so, yeah. Question from uh, Split Redix. Did the EMS Synthi A influence the Lyra design at all? Yes, I kind of. So uh, at least uh, Cynthia and such things gave to me a lot of inspirations how flexible and uh, expressive things can be. So a lot of nuances, because I'm a hunter for nuances. I really don't like in contemporary machines this uh, steady sound. So each note is the same, or I just hear stupid LFO make something. But it's not like the subtle details like in acoustic instruments like EMS Cinti, when really each note and even inside of one note you hear a lot of small changes, something like breathing, and it makes this like feeling. So oh, this is I would like to hear to it. I'm not boring with this sound, even if it's just one note like Cinti mm -hmm. moments. But it can create a lot of things. For yes. me, that 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 kind of the chaos in the sound is like uh, it's really hard to describe. But for me, it's it's like a, it's it's like a like almost a spiritual thing somehow. Just this um, this uh, I don't know. You're plugging into the chaos of the whole universe. I I find it difficult to. <laughs> to uh describe but no it for me it's a it's a real it's a real thing about something that there's a deep spirituality in in music that that for me personally this plugs into in the idea of uh the drone the um an, an eternal note or something like that but also the yeah uh connecting with this chaos of the universe i I don't have really good words to describe it, but for me, it's something that I really, I really feel, and this stuff can connects with that. I don't know. Am I crazy? No, no, no. You, I, else you, uh, no, I, I'm, I'll, uh, I'll save you. <laughs> no, good. it's true. Though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true though that, um, yeah, I'm uh, instruments like the synthy or the lyra. They. I would describe the sound uh, kind of like as uh, sound worlds, you know? It's like um, um, it, there's so much going on, there's so many frequencies, resonances, and things interacting with each other 
although on the surface it might sound like one note or sort of like a one-dimensional thing, but um, something in the quality of the, the way the sound is generated uh, makes it insanely complex. And the more you tune into it, the more you listen to it, the more you hear. Um, and I think that's what you mean, Tony, by you know things that on the surface might sound quite simple or droney or one note or uh, continuous, they can actually be insanely complex in in terms of sonics and and um, uh, have you know occupy a, a huge space uh, without any obvious dynamics. You know they can they can they could still be uh, yeah. The more you listen, the more you hear, kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. I I don't know. It's really it's very deep and like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, I'm myself into trouble. I yeah, think I don't no, know. But seriously, I, man. If, I find if, it hard if, to express, I mean, you know, to to describe. But yeah, but people who people who are who are into using electronic gear and have a have a uh, experience with with sound design or or you know just man, uh, you know improvising on machines i i'm sure they can relate to what you what you were saying you know because that's that's the thing you are actually looking for right if you if you are um making some sounds you want you want to end up in territory which kind of completely uh, absorbs um everything around you and and basically uh, makes you focus on only that you are hearing mm -hmm. and that's that is the state you want to get at, you know. That's the state you want to be in when you when you are performing. You want to be one with the sound, and um, I'm pretty sure that m most people who are into making electronic music or even you know any music are familiar with that feeling. I always think about. Uh, I've been mentioned several times on on knob twiddlers, but I'm all, I I keep coming back to this idea, and it always strikes me when you think about. Uh, through throughout human history, human beings' relationship to music—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's a really recent thing that music has been about entertainment. For much, much more mm. of human history, music was was um, you know uh, a connection to God or some kind of spiritual thing. And you know, I really, I really remember that relationship. That's really important to me. And you know the idea of music as as entertainment or product is 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 a very you know it's only in the last century or something. Probably really. since recording started happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So. Yeah, because uh, before recording, it was also always like a almost like an oral tradition. You know, like a, um, you learn songs by by having them play to you, or uh, and the process of making music has not. You know, has prob probably always been more a uh, community uh, event or mm. like a, a like a celebration with with others rather than um, sitting by yourself writing notes down onto a paper. <laughs> that's mm, that's yeah. just a, that's a recent thing. But um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I just like to remember that, and um, I don't know, it's important to me. Anyway, maybe maybe I'll just I should keep this stuff to myself. No, it's it's cool. <laughs> no, it makes total sense. It's absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, say interesting things. So why one of reason why why I started to make my own instruments because uh, industry mass industry cheaper and cheaper with uh, quite complex circuitry uh, forced uh, engineers of big companies 
make circuitry in another way. So if you take in a comparison uh, EMS synth and contemporary even analog polyphonic, let's say some synth, uh, contemporary circuitry, uh, all the synths will be focused uh, how to make perfect tune, how to make uh, as simple as possible assembling and tuning, because big circuitry, uh, if you open, for example, old synthesizers, you will find a lot of trimmer pots, right? And you have to tune it one day, for example, just to make perfect tune for one voice. And if you open contemporary analog synths, you will not find any trimmer pots. What does it mean? It means that circuitry significantly changed. And now it uh, looks uh, mostly for stability. That is why uh, contemporary synths lost this quality of isoteric connection with the universe. Because if you need this connection, you need vice versa, emphasize this breathing of the circuitry. So like EMS synthy breathe, it's really hard to tune this hint. But if you <laughs> win this quest, you will find, uh, you will get a perfectly live instrument that like your uh, like partner, not just tool, but partner. And I brought back this uh, old circuitry to, to Lyra. So I uh, used very, very old approaches, very unstable. So I did vice, vice versa. I uh, bring back and emphasize this instability. And through this instability, all this uh, breathing of uh, the universe, through all these physical parts, like just imagine. So even one resistor, it's a whole universe inside because it's billions, quadrillions of uh, particles, moves, and it's effect sound. So if you have a way how, and it's really like, Tony, you said it's really connected with the whole universe because it's a lot of quantum effects inside, especially in semiconductors, and all the universe affect its behavior. But if you uh, don't allow them to express this breathing, so contemporary circuitry don't allow it, Hmm. So you, you you need to use something more wild, something more uh, unpredictable a little bit. But in back in return, you will get this uh, spiritual, esoteric ritual feelings, like from the old music, like uh, ancient music. So like you still in the forest. Okay, this is forest built from semiconductors, but it's real forest. And then you will start to feel yourself uh, like uh, spiritual musician not like entertainment <laughs> so it was my actually attention uh, intention so um, that is why uh, it uh, acts this way so the special tricks with circuitry that creates this feeling yeah and also i i think you know when we talk about tuning tuning um you know because that that has come up a, f a few times um <laughs> there are multiple ways to look at tuning right i mean there are something can be uh forced to a scale which then would be tuned you know but um something can also just make sense in terms of harmonics and um you know frequencies and it doesn't necessarily have to be in tune according to a scale but it can still make total sense in in terms of harmonics and um frequency and the way it resonates in your brain or you know the way you feel about it and and that is something you, that is indeed hard to get with um instruments that are designed to stay in tune um and you get them more with with uh instruments that are 
kind of doing wild things, like Vlad said, you know, like I have these sort of uh, uh, coincidental things introduced to in the mix to um, to create this uncertainty and and um, uh, things that would normally not be considered uh, in tune. Mm-hmm. But that they can still feel like they you, you know they're resonating in the right way. Yeah, like I said before about with um, using the Lyra Live, I, I felt like I was I was tuning it to the room, the space I was playing it in. That was really mm. fun. To instead of tuning it to a scale, it was just about f- picking out the resonances in the room, and that's yeah. that 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 was pretty fun. That's that that was my my tuning scale. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I I wanted to uh, ask Vlad as well uh, something about the aesthetics because there, I think there's a very clear aesthetic, uh, not only in the way the instruments look, but also the way they sound. Is that something you um, pay attention to as well? Because um, since now you've explained how you introduce all these uncertainties into the circuitry, uh, to make it uh, sound not as boring as other instruments, uh, they do have a sound to them. They do have like a, a certain character, which is very unmistakably uh, your sound. Um, so, how how, you, how do you approach that? Do you have a certain sound in mind, or is that is this something that is uh, comes from your taste or your preferences? Can you talk about that a bit? So maybe it's combination of uh, my approach that I developed uh, during past work as a sound engineer and like a musician, but also it's my reflection on uh, what I'm feeling from a contemporary world. So uh, contemporary world resonates with me quite specifically. So for example, I can't say that it's beautiful feelings that is why my instruments a little bit harsh. At least they have possibility to be harsh. Fire a pulsar, it can go to a hard range of sound. Because for me, we have really very challenging time and uh, really complex situation now in the humanity and planet. So as a musician, I am very sensitive to all these things. So I think any honest musician try to reflect uh, at least a little bit uh, outer world and uh, his honest feelings about what's going on. So maybe it's a kind of my resistance, my protest uh, against <laughs> such things, uh, some things that I feel and watch and know. That is why this specific sound. So for, for example, I adore uh, old music. I listen a lot to uh, Indian classical music to um Persian classical music of course they use beautiful instruments but it's don't uh, connect with contemporary world anymore I can't hide myself in beautiful meditation <laughs> sorry <laughs> so despite I love it uh, that is why I create such sounds so in my opinion it uh, better resonate with real world that's around us that's why I choose this specific way so actually like, old electronic instruments. We are not in fixes anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely another feelings from contemporary time. I am very sensitive to such things. That is why I create such sounds. That's the answer. 
And, and okay. did you did you make uh, you you made I saw you made the lyra to communicate with whales. Do you do you remember this 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 video with the the subconsciousness your... of whales? Subconsciousness of whales. Ah, sorry. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was yeah, like yeah, four, I... right? Yeah, that was it. With the, the 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 pictures on the hands and the story about the 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 Russian experiments to communicate with the subconscious of whales. Mm -hmm. uh, that was that was a that yeah. was a good one. And I liked I liked how people uh, they were they were they were asking me if it was a true story, and we'll never know. <laughs> I think I will leave it on. The your decision, is it a real story or not? <laughs> Whether it's a secret, like some fair tale or, I don't know, some, uh, some, something uh, hidden. So on your happy, on your decision, so it could be I, my... I like, to, I like to think it's true. A real story yeah. from, uh, <laughs> from secret uh, Soviet Union research work for military purpose. Yeah. So on your decision. Another question for Vlad. Um, what other instrument builders or inventors do you like and why? Actually, I like uh, all contemporary guys that uh, do something uh, really new, like uh, the guy who made uh, Continuum Fingerboard. It's uh, Lipold. Sorry, I, I have trouble with names. So, uh, uh, Maybe if you can remember me, do you know this uh, continuum yeah. fingerboard? Haken, so, Haken, I think. Haken, Lipold, something like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Rob Horjik, who creates little box. So I think it's also brilliant. Paul Tech guy. So I really uh, love his uh, stuff. And he did a lot of uh, great things, exactly like uh, I love. So real partisanic stuff. So, also, uh, there is, so sorry, uh, Stefan Schmidt, if I don't mistake, nonlinear lab and C15. So, amazing polyphonic uh, digital synth, the only digital synth that really drew my attention past uh, maybe five, seven years. So, it's uh, an excellent mix of FM synthesis with wave shapers, with uh, crazy feedbacks with the fixed units, and it really sounds in this way that I like, that I feel that uh, synth uh, has to sound. So, this contemporary guys, of course, for me, such guys like Theremin is still maybe the greatest icon, this simplicity. So, the most uh, famous synth, the only one synth that uh, still and the only synth that's recognizable in. Uh, academical music and this synth has just two knobs, volume <laughs> and two, nothing else. Mm -hmm. so two, two, two knobs synth and people still uh, love it and it's really revolutionary, still revolutionary and uh, all synths grows up so very complex but Termin still like 100 years ago. So nothing changed actually. So, so genius uh, circuitry that despite uh, electronic past uh, five epochs, the science uh, invention of Theremin, the circuitry, the principle of Theremin, still the same. And 
only this to uh, two knobs, simple knobs, tune and pitch. But this uh, amazing way how you interact with these knobs, so it's like an air around you, still makes these things uh, outstanding. So nothing can be compared with theremin, with stability, with recognition, with history. So I still use it like a, maybe one of the biggest icons because I love simplicity. I think uh, true things uh, usually simple than complex. Mm. So such things. Are you familiar with uh, the stuff that folk tech is making? Yeah, so I, I have no, it's on my home, but I watched a lot of his uh, demo mm. videos. Yeah, I think, I think um, I've got the um, Resonant Garden, which is the one with the strings sticking out. And it reminds me, you know, playing with that reminds me a lot of your instruments. It's very physical interaction and you never really know what's going to happen, you know. So you kind of guide it and sort of uh, interact with it. And uh, it's, uh, it's always beautiful, but um, never exactly predictable so it's like <laughs> more like uh, like with your stuff you kind of go on a ride with the instrument you know it's uh, it's pretty cool um also uh also such guys like game changer i really like this guy so they uh so maybe the my the, the most lovely instrument uh, their last um product yeah. with spring spring uh spring pedal spring reverb with two waves of uh, sound capturing, like old one with uh, magnetic pickup and infrared pickup that uh, can make like modulations or, uh, um, along the string. The spring moves like infrared light and capture sound from different points of this spring. So I think it's totally genius design and really uh, absolutely incredible sound. So I like, I, I love guys to try to jump out of the box mm. and uh, like honest research, not just think, oh, if I will copy this famous machine, I will earn x six months. But uh, trying to follow their hearts, their passion, real passion, and the real passion uh, is crazy. Every time in all people, uh, real passion is crazy, it's unique, unique flower, and. Uh, like a consequence, it's something unique in development. If this passion was applied to circuit, mm. yes. So um, you've basically now we've talked about these uh, instruments that make sound, but you've also just recently done, done this uh, the ornament sequencer, which doesn't make sound by itself what's the what's the idea behind that so first of all ornament was made by vadim minkin so really a genius guy uh thanks god now soma have several engineers who are inventors so uh, it was his idea uh, and when i saw the first prototype i was really very uh Glad that uh, with the result, and then together we developed it to radio construction. The idea is to change, uh, uh, once again, to jump off from the box and stop to use this eight steps or 64 steps, but go outside from uh, just a memory, any kind of memory, and uh, you scan it with some time. So any sequencer, for the moment, it's uh, just 
a tape recorder, let's say. Okay, it can be complex, it can be go back and then forth, and then like this, and then like this, but it's still a tape, and you just read it with different speed from different points, even if you take the most complex sequence. Ornament, absolutely another uh, approach, absolutely another design. So it's generated, there is no memory at all. So it's just uh, some organism, once again, it's organism that interacts, uh, interacts uh, inside and outside and creates some behavior. And that is why it can uh, really compose music. So I have demo videos where ornament to ornaments play big, big big uh, composition without uh, uh, get the same the same pieces of music so without uh, any re uh, repeating and for us it was totally amazing uh, discovery cause ornament totally analog so there is no digital parts it's simple analog circuitry so it's like analog computer that can work uh, with time that's the difference uh, it works this time, and it can, can create such complex, interesting behavior. So it's a huge area for new explorations. And we still uh, discover new things with Arnhem Ornament. Just uh, recently, we discovered how play perfectly uh, beats, beats in perfect, perfect grid. So it's also possible we, we are going to make demo video about it soon, and we can even sync it to something outside. So for us, it's also like journey. Mm. So the idea is to uh, use sequencer also like a partner, not like a recorder, like a user. So, uh, so in, in, in what, in what um, amount is the interaction by the user required? Can it be just a, a generative thing? Like you can just... Uh, have it play by itself, or or um, how much is the human interaction important to get um, results out of it? So bo both sides are possible. So it mm. can be totally uh, generative, and it can be totally interactive. Because you can uh, just a question: how you patch it? Because you can patch it in this way that it will not play it itself at all. But you will uh, ornament is like a billiard, so you. Uh, give him like hit, like impulse, and then it starts to flow in the circuitry. If you make a loop, that in start to flow infinite, uh, infinity, infinite time. But if you make open loops, open uh, open waves, you will hit these impulses, but it will end during some time. So you can play it totally manual, and without you, it will not play. Also, there is a lot of shades in the middle, because you can make infinite uh, flow on these impulses uh, and then just change, uh, moderate how it flows and how it interacts. So you can play on ornament, but it's really very, very new instrument. Even we uh, inventors don't, <laughs> don't don't know how to use it still. <laughs> John, John. It'll be like, be like Hal on uh, 2001. Yeah, yeah. Start locking the doors and not letting you out. <laughs> yeah. <Watch> out. <laughs> uh, Glenn, you you have um, you've played around with it, right? How, what's what's your experience so far? Well, I, I did some a few things, but it's very random. So 
we all know we're in this techno structure, but if you're not going really, really strange in, uh, strange in, in times and, and um, this is really, really something new. It's, it's, it's not, it's like flat said, it's, it's not like really that kind of sequencer we used to, to feel in our hands, like just dialing in some notes and it starts repeating itself. So it's really, it has so many, because of the two power sources, you can connect like different things to it and it starts acting as as one major brain for the pulsar and 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 lara so it's like something extra for your chain but it's really yeah so far i'm i'm uh, i'm not an ornament uh user that much i'm, I'm more uh, focused on on, on pipe and, and 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 any new kind of things in that that region. So, but yeah, it's 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 very unique. That's that's for sure. So it's not like any ordinary thing out there. So it's it's individual cells as well. So it's it's not like yeah. I, I think Flat can can explain it. it it's, it's not like this typical forward or uh, backward or just. Weird. First of all, ornament is totally uh, horizontal structure. So yes. eight equal cells and no master uh, node that uh, run everything or conduct everything. So and they interact with each other and create some behavior. And uh, because they are equal, you can combine together uh, any uh, amount of ornaments. So four. Ten ornaments can be combined together. Crazy, <laughs> <laughs> something totally. <laughs> yeah, but let's figure out one. Let's just start with one. So. <laughs> yes, start with one. So, yeah. So I think I think we will hear what ornament can do. Uh, maybe three, five years forward. So <laughs> humanity yeah. needs time. <laughs> to, to explore and understand how to manage it. So we have, we this have is to grow bigger brains to, to understand how to use it. Yeah, the thing is, you, you start with it and you're like, you're like jamming in like two, three hours and it looks like five minutes. So it's like, it's like really. Time compression. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, only, I only saw some videos. So I'm, um, I don't know when, when we're able to do some gigs, then, then I hopefully get my hands on one. Yeah, we should do, we should do one. Maybe we should plan something in the future. For sure. Yeah. We can hook like a few ornaments together and see where we come up. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, I'm 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 afraid to. Yeah, if you uh, if you hooked up several together, then it would really become something that was alive. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Is, is this really something like random in the in the? I don't know. Much, much more random than we ever, ever came up with, Tony. This thing well, is, is this way, this Yeah, better is, not try to understand uh, it then. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Um, Umfar made that comment, and I, I think that that might uh, actually be the best way to deal with it. If, if it, um, 
Um, <laughs> if it would take years to unlock its secrets, you know, why not just uh, play with it and enjoy the results, you know, without yeah. really trying to explain what's going on. Voodoo. Voodoo. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of voodoo coming. Flat. <laughs> can be totally controlled and totally not chaotic. So it depends on the patch you, you did. So yeah, it can yeah. be totally stable, predictable, and even playing yeah. green. Yeah. But we're still trying to <laughs> to understand it. <laughs> ah, yeah. The quantum right. ocean. Yeah. Nano Simonis is asking. Uh, Flat a question. What was your motivation and inspiration for creating the quantum motion? My own practice. So I use a device like quantum motion since maybe 2012, or around eight years in my personal life, personal practice. And I found it very useful. So that is why I decided it was a hard decision because it's totally crazy. It's the most crazy <laughs> instrument I did <laughs> or piece of gear. But uh, I decided maybe someone uh, will need and enjoy and uh, have this benefit that I got. So uh, my personal practice, that's the answer. So I really use it a lot, uh, quite a lot, of course, not every day, but quite a lot in my personal, let's say, spiritual life. So for me, it's like possibility to hear unhearable, really. So I use it like a, like a, a window to uh, like uh, another side of the world, like a portal. Invisible. Something like a portal, right. And uh, I got many times using this portal, I got really very useful information. So when I need some information that I have no, like I just have some, um, can just focus my attention, but can't uh, give some information. For example, if people, some, uh, some, some, uh, some person that I just know a name or just stupid photo, and I uh, need to, to get to know more about this person, I use quantum, quantum motion, and often I uh, really get very useful information. And then in the future, it starts to be uh, approved by experience that, yes, this information was right. That is why I decided maybe another uh, other persons, uh, the people will also be uh, uh, have some benefits from this device. But seems to be it's more, more most hard instruments from, <laughs> that I create. So not too many people can use it in uh, some uh, uh, efficient way. So it's very depend. Seems to be it's, uh, this person need to have some special. Special brain to use special model of brain. I've I, I have a, a quantum ocean and um, I yeah I I used it at first but I I got I got a little out of the habit of it so I haven't used it for a while but I um, yeah I I found um, yeah really I got some really quite intense um, eff effects from it. You know, as a as a as as a kind of focal point for for a meditation, just the way that I could tell the sound was. It's like a a, a type. I guess isn't it like a type of white noise almost? But it's not. It's irregular, and there's something about that 
almost like what we talked about with the sound of unstable synthesizers where you start to hear this infinity in it. It's almost like uh, staring right into infinity or something. And it's white noise on a television. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of like that, but it's in a more refined more sort of way. More subtle. Um, huh? It's very subtle, but um, I, I, I actually had some really pretty intense experiences uh, using it, really, and really different each time. I, I, I haven't, um, you know, maybe I haven't got so focused with it, but. Um, it was very, really interesting, really interesting device, but, but just something that I like the way that it encouraged me. It's like Joachim said earlier, where something on the surface seems quite simple, but then you begin, when you listen to it closer and closer, you notice more and more about it and more subtleties. And it's, it invites you to look closer and closer. And it's, it's like, encouraging you to meditate yeah it's that's, like that's, it's 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 kind of um inviting you to zoom in more yeah yeah and zoom in so much that you're you're like i don't know really high or something mm. yeah i think i think that's the, that's the goal of, of not playing too many notes it's not about about playing notes or chords it's about playing that single note and see how far it can resonate into the actually i can uh tell a little bit story of quantum motion so uh when when i uh, uh went to release like closer to release so okay i would like to make it like a mass product i tried to put to quantum motion some knocks for tuning of this uh sound and some uh slow modulation so the sound will have real uh, things that you can change. But then I discarded all of them because uh, the most deep state you will have when you have nothing to tune. And you have just this infinity because uh, each uh, like pop decision, so maybe it is most <laughs> not marketing decision because if I will put quantum motion five knobs, of course I can sell much more. <laughs> But mm -hmm. I decided not to do this way because it's like pure then. So now quantum motion is pure then. It's focus you to, like you said, exactly on infinity. So you just finally do nothing. Uh, like you don't uh, weak any knobs. You like in uh, informational vacuum in one hand, but in the other hand, you're in uh, information infinity, like in, uh, infinite amount of, of information. And on this line, you really can find something really interesting, like crackle in your mind, crackle in the world, and you can uh, jump inside and really find very interesting experience there. That is why I decided, okay, I will be brave and uh, leave it without tuning possibilities, but like a pure then. So I'm sure, I'm sure it confused. I'm sure it confused a lot of people, which is which is always a good thing. <laughs> Would would you still call it an instrument though? Because it's it seems to inc uh, require less interaction with it. Yes. Okay. Not instrument. Uh, shamanic gear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a meditation <laughs> tool or something. Yeah. It's, it's really, really. It's not really. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really use the sound in my productions or something. It's more like a, a yeah, a meditation tool or something. But, it's... but just imagine, I know uh, a guy who uh, did real gigs, like half an hour gigs, using just quantum motion. So <laughs> nothing else. Just quantum motion, uh, big venue, and just imagine, people even not went outside, they start... Uh, first of all, all, all of them, almost all of them, uh, staying mm -hmm. during the performance and even uh, start to dance close to the end. Nice. So. Dancing to white noise, brilliant. Yes, dancing <laughs> to white noise, For me, it was a big surprise and big pleasure to get to know about this experience. So people was very happy and, and some of them uh, came to this musician and uh said oh it was very nice performance but too short oh, yeah it should have yeah much longer yeah i guess you know when when your brain is fed with um um uh, like a constant signal whether it's e either whether it's visual or audio um it starts to fill in the fill in the blanks you know it starts to kind of project things rather than um just uh, uh be uh saturated with overload you know if if you leave space for your brain to to um to to relax you know it starts generating rather than just consuming i guess and that's the trick right but the, uh, i go to give to theory myself <laughs> i looked at the i looked at the waveform i i recorded the quantum motion i looked at the waveform and i can see quite oh you analyzed it's, it it's not it's. I mean, you can hear if you really focus that it isn't a, isn't a regular and stable thing. And you look at a waveform, and you can see that as well. That it's not just uh, this like white noise loop or something. It's definitely got more instability. That and that's the kind of the secret source that 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 tweaks your brain. I think. Yes, for sure. It was uh, white noise you have in your computer. You can compare. You will not get. <laughs> cool. Um, let's see what else. Um, are there any more questions from the audience? Um, again, trying to involve your uh, ideas and questions as much as possible, and not ignore you too much, as I always do. <laughs> Um, a question for Vlad again. Uh, what uh, was the Murtzin's ANS sequencer an inspiration for your designs? And what do you think of uh, Artemyev's score of uh, Tarkovsky films? So, INS is a very unique instrument. Uh, it's the only one piece. Uh, over the world, the only one uh, totally optical synthesizer from 60s and yes, uh, it's amazing. So, but it's so actually I can say it's so uh, unique and so outstanding that it's really hard to use it like inspiration because uh, like no successors of this synthesizer. Of, oh, yes, we have like something like mobile applications that can scan any uh, picture and make more sound, but absolutely not the same feelings from real INS because real INS is totally weird. And uh, yes, uh, Artemyev's score for Tarkovsky that was 
made on INS. It's very, very nice, like Solaris uh, movie, amazing soundtrack. But also, like, uh, this shamanism of this old way of making music, because uh, this, this instruments like INS, maybe you know how it works, so you need to draw all scores on special black plates, like black glasses uh, covered by some uh, and you have to scratch it, and this way you create some scores. So it's mystery. So even the way how you create the scores is uh, pure mystery, and it cannot be another like uh, this mystery soundtracks from the old book. So uh, in my childhood, I uh, uh, read an old magic book, uh, Papyrus, maybe you know, like Black Magic from Papyrus. And there was very nice uh, tips. So uh, for this ritual, you need to get a magical stone. How to get magical stone? Go in the middle of the night, very, very far mountain, and uh, better if it will be rainy or something like this, and pick some stone and uh, bring back to your home. Uh, your laboratory, and then like small tips. So actually, it doesn't Im not important the stone. Important that you spend so many times and effort trying to get it, trying to get in it. And that's the create the magic. So you really, so you really need to swipe to, to get this stone. The same with INS and maybe my instruments as well. So you need to really spend your energy. Because uh, this total automatization, like uh, contemporary digital instruments, you just have one button, create, hit, and super hit two buttons. So, uh, it's all uh, one of my uh, uh, frequent bugbears that I that I always bring up here is the way that the uh, so many instruments are sold. Uh, with the words quick and easy mm. they and um and this is not always like the best uh, thing but anyway yes so so yeah. you need to spend your time uh attention energy if you need to, to get something back so and ins definitely was this is, is very hard thing very hard thing to play <laughs> but uh absolutely amazing output so was it it's for me it's inspiration like an approach i can't use this circuitry or this uh, at least for, for the moment uh, but i really use this brave approach uh, for creation of music like it's magical act for me in the science yeah. <clears throat> yeah soma sanzibar maybe we can talk about that later because i was still on the synth subject here um have you checked out the um, the elta music 50 solar uh, that the i saw I, I saw it i don't think anybody of us has experience with it but um it looked like another sort of uh different kind of approach of of a synth have you checked it out any of you no well i checked some videos but i i, I never got it yeah which one was it uh, Solar 50. Yeah, it's just a synth with 50 oscillators and... Oh, and yeah, yeah. 
And I think they can all be tuned individually or they can be grouped or they can be played from some, some small keyboard with just only six, I think. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a, it's not like a full keyboard, but it's, um, um, anyway, <laughs> I was just wondering because uh, I think um, that might have actually been inspired by the way Vlad uh, designs instruments because you can see it in, in, uh, in other projects uh, happening as well, you know, like more sort of unconventional uh, input methods or ways to interact with with uh, synths i think it's a very welcome addition to whatever it's been as as is around you know just to have um these other more sort of uh, exotic instruments coming out um so but anyway uh, <laughs> well for me it's really a big pleasure if i can inspire uh, inspire another sound designers and other engineers to, to, to make something uh, different, something new, I just uh, only glad. So, uh, Solar 50 definitely not a copy of Lyra 8 or its notes. So it's uh, unique sound design and uh, unique circuitry and some notes really, I think, really genius in this synthesizer. So uh, if uh, it has some connection with Lyra, I'm just happy. And it's, it means that my ideas are worth to live in the future. So if people will make something based on these ideas, it's like child of uh, my ideas that will live in future time. I'm just happy people will do it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, the other thing, yeah, let's let's just uh, uh, bring that up then. The Soma Zanzibar, I was talking to... Uh, uh, to you in the pre-chat because uh, we found that uh, thing on your website and actually Glenn mentioned mentioned it uh, while he was here. Um, you are creating a place to for people they can for, to to go to and and um, make music, uh, have studio time and a holiday, uh, like almost on the beach in Zanzibar, right? What uh, what's the idea behind it? Can you explain? Well, it's not almost. It's real beach of the uh, ocean, so <laughs> you can bring your equipment so close that it will, will be wet from this water. So uh, the idea is, uh, as well, like with uh, creation of some equipment, we're trying to use, uh, trying to uh, do these things that we lack ourselves in this world. So all of us would like to have some um, holidays, some. Uh, Vacations, but personally, I don't like uh, vacations in uh, normal uh, resort. It's not people that I feel like my my people, right? So I need not only uh, take sun baths and be more more brown, but I would like to have some conversations. Some uh, I don't know to see some faces. I really. Uh, have some questions please. vacations that are forced to a scale <laughs> so oh, yeah. that's why I to some uh, unique place for creative people because we are crazy guys we need uh, crazy surrounding and uh, most of us really don't like to waste time we just take some best right so uh, much better if you can do something uh, in parallel Right, and uh, that is why I decided that this is a really nice idea to gather 
creative people from different uh, areas of art, maybe not only art, science, doesn't matter. Uh, smart, creative people then have something to share. So uh, it could be like round tables at evening, uh, master classes right on the beach. So each, uh, most of guys that will come uh, will have some unique experience, like, like the guys on this hangout. So uh, a lot of things that can be, uh, can be explained uh, or share, share some knowledge and uh, make new collaboration right on the beach, right? So it's very nice. And of course, uh, because we are musical, uh, music, music uh, company, of course, music studio, and you can create uh, your music, record new albums or tracks for new albums, your new work right on the beach in the studio. And we think we will make the studio like like breakfast will be included. So uh, if you live in this hotel, you can use the studio, or like you go on breakfast in the morning. So where do, I think it, where do we sign up, Vlad? Oh yeah. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> I, I had uh, some, uh, I had the experience of, I, I made, uh, some years ago, uh, I made, I made a couple of albums that I recorded in Maui and it was, a uh, on a, a friend's property and she, she has like this two acre lot and half of it is r literally like the jungle. It's like this big dip and there's this hut that she built down there with just uh, like a insect screen, but it's in a way it's totally open. The wind blows in, but it stops the mosquitoes coming and eating you. And um, there's like a like a main a long mains cable coming down from the house. But when you sit in there, you're you're literally in the jungle, and you don't feel like you're near civilization at all. So I I was able to use a Buchler music easel and just just using little battery powered speakers and then set, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, a recorder to get the acoustics and also the jungle noises and stuff. But, um, anyway, um, what I, what I meant to say is, uh, having make recording music and making music in such a different environment, it, it, it totally, it made it completely different. My relation to the music and the instrument and, everything you know i really enjoyed how different that was to record in a different place so i can i can see how that could work with this zanzibar place where you take someone who's used to working in a certain way you know like yokum in in store or something and you you go to zanzibar and it's completely different and it's it's really fun and interesting to explore the effect of such a different environment on your creation yeah. and your music. Um, well, if I if we could pick up the bunker and put it on some beach, you know, yeah. then uh, I would do it instantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true what you say though, because um, like an environment has has a really really big influence on on how your music sounds. You know, the the this 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 place is really you know it it feels like. A, like a cellar you know it reminds me of reminds you of like sweaty club basement or something you know it has you know, a really like strong atmosphere though yeah yeah really, it does. You, you really feel it it's good yeah yeah but um 
of course, the jungle is like pr probably, or the beach would be com the complete opposite of, of a, a downtown bunker. But um, yeah, I've, I've done music in, in locations which are radically, radically different from usual studio environments. And you definitely um, approach things really differently. I think also because maybe the pace of um, life is different there. Mm. You know, it's... Mm. Um, you know everything. Um, um, you can let things breathe a little bit more. I think you, you, if you're in a studio, you feel like you have to accomplish something. Otherwise, you're wasting your time, and you can maybe, or I don't know. I'm just um, uh, thinking about it now. But maybe you, you tend to uh, be more sort of result focused rather than just letting things happen. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was uh, it was a totally different experience for me to recording a hut in the jungle then what was different what was actually different apart from the physical location but the sort of your mindset how did it change your mindset well, my mindset being there anyway i mean uh i don't know maui is a really it's a really interesting place because people maybe have this kind of beach paradise idea about it but actually it's a really kind of wild kind of brutal place because i don't know your your relation to you know, the waves are big, the sun is strong, the wind is strong, the rain is strong, everything is like kind of maximum. Um, but um, I don't know, like, like you were saying about just, uh, let, just letting things happen at their own pace as well. You know, I could just sit down in this hut all day. I didn't have any because uh, I, I stayed, I was on the island for a long time, so I didn't have, it wasn't like, okay, I'm on holiday for one week. You know, I, I could I could spend as much time as I wanted um, doing that. So uh, it was really free and open and I could just spend the time exploring stuff instead of feeling like I had a time constraint. Awesome. So, so Vlad, is the Zanzibar thing project uh something that is already set up or are you still working on it when when is it going to be uh, operational we're hope that we will be able to um, receive first guest within uh, several months but it will go to full operating mode i think within one like this because it's really a, quite a lot of unexpected challenges from uh, coronavirus that blocks all touristic business and our possibilities simply fly and manage this place. And uh, also Africa is not Europe, it's not Russia, so there's special rules and we still learn how to manage all these things. So it's in some are way... You, are you involving the local community in any way with this project? So uh, we are involved in local community and actually we have amazing connection with uh, one of the most ancient uh, community in uh, Tanzania, uh, Maasai people, Maasai villages, Maasai people. They still live like uh, 3,000 years ago. They use very, very simple equipment, so uh, yeah. very, very simple tools and they really it's their choice they know that there is a civilization some somewhere around but it's their conscious choice and we, we had a lot of amazing <laughs> communities they work like uh, guardians in our place because maasai people excellent uh, 
excellent uh, guardians. So if you need to protect some areas, they are hunters. They can struggle with lion face by face without any <laughs> machine gun or something like this. They still use as a gun uh, a simple stick, even not, uh, I don't know how does it call this uh, sharp stuff, metallic sharp Spear. stuff. It's even not spear, it's just stick and a very simple sword, even with very simple uh, handle without the supports. So, and uh, they do it consciously, so they open to nature and they, they are still a part of nature and they are very powerful in this side. And it's amazing, so uh, we saw how they dance, how they live, and they uh, make like a... Uh, introduction to their culture and it's amazing and we really would like that they share this experience as absolutely amazing forgotten life in civilized part of the world uh, with our guests so we really deep inside try to be deep inside in this community and we, we have some communication and my first idea was uh, better let's uh, local musicians play to uh, our guests then bring, I don't know, a famous DJ from uh, to play some geek of, uh, I don't know, techno, because you can hear it in London, not a problem. And anyway, and you, much better to hear local music, local approach. So I, I was really amazed uh, by this even inner quality of this music, these people, because they are, uh, as a base for music, have absolutely another thing. So they have uh, shared their happiness, their friendship, their uh, some uh, very strong states. Doesn't matter what instruments, does it tuned or not. So uh, absolutely another approach, and it's really amazing. So when when you get inside of this community, you start to feel another way, think another way, and you change your mind, your approach to life. Really, so it's my experience experience of our uh, my partners in Thomas. So it's really worth it. And uh, yes, we are try to be inside the community and keep uh, connection with it because it's very interesting. Mm. Sounds amazing. Mm. Yeah. So when is our flight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for the flight. Yeah, Tony. Maybe you should. Try this traveling thing where we earlier talked about. <laughs> try it. We go to Zanzibar. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, we, we're just waiting for them to open, yeah. open things up a little. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward. All of you are invited, so when uh, we will be ready to open. I know. We will be very ready. Uh, glad to. We will be very glad to see all of you, and let's be uh, the part of our Zanzibarian community. So I we really expect that we, there is a lot of amazing people will be there, and amazing friendship, amazing uh, communication, new projects. I hope will born right on the beach. Between the banana trees, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, question from uh, Sander from uh, from Store. How did you end up doing this project in Zanzibar? What because you know it's not like the most uh, 
uh, obvious location, I guess. Uh, Jagash, from a main partner in Europe, uh, falling in love with Tanzania, and uh, he spent around three years in this country, in traveling <coughs> time after time, of course, and trying to get some uh, project, some possibility to make some project there. Because uh, according to his uh, reportings, so so like his uh, feelings, uh, he feel in uh, Tanzania like at home. So I, I, it's really like in this part. So Tanzania, no oil, no weapon, no big politics, no big money. So all all evil of this world left this country aside, and it's live in peace like 300 years before. So very simple life uh, uh, and many nice things like, for example, maybe you know in Africa and most countries it's really dangerous for white people to desert. You can be a, a victim of some uh, criminals or simply they can get some money from your family if they uh, rap you and uh, start to ask for a fund for your life. But uh, Tanzania is uh, very friendly, very friend friendly country and uh, very friendly people. And uh, plus this amazing possibility to touch uh, past life in its original state and speak with people with another mind, with another approach to life. There have really many things that on my opinion much healthy than uh, in our culture i can imagine that by itself is is um it's, it's a very valuable thing to uh, to experience so i i we really like learn from them and actually we expect like mutual uh, exchange of knowledge because they can teach their part of knowledge their part of life and we can teach our part of and uh, they need technologies for sure, and even simple technologies for them is a big gift. And we need, uh, uh, at least me uh, and many of people that I know, need this uh, back to roots of the life, feel, uh, once again, feel the simple roots of the life without any technologies <laughs> to be a human and to be a happy human. <laughs> so, and they can learn how to do it. And it's really, really amazing. Sounds great. Um, I think um, this is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. uh, what's next for Soma? You have drums, you've got the lyra, the string instrument, the pipe, ether. What's missing? Well, let, let Flat is speak. It's, it's, easier. it's easier, so I, I cannot say anything. I'm not allowed to say. So, it sounds uh, like the lineup. The, the lineup. Uh, the lineup is complete. Uh, you know, you could have uh, all all the roles in a in a in a band are represented, basically. So yeah, but some parts are missing, but they are. Are coming. you, you going to develop the Anna? I think it's called the Anna. This one. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So now, just right now, we have three things in very close to release. First one is Cosmos. It's a uh, drifting memory station. So this is uh, things based on memory, digital memory, but uh, it's like a kind of anti-looper. So uh, it's 
stuff that you can create amazing ambient uh, track, ambient uh, just on the fly, very easy, very intuitive, and uh, you can play whole gig using Cosmos and any source like guitar, synthesizer, your voice, violin, anything else, and the uh, key point of this machine that uh, what I really don't like in Looper, that's it has a loop. <laughs> Sorry. So like the same, the same, the same. So maybe as you notice, this kind of wild, crazy guy that needs this live breathing everywhere. And I also need this breathing and recording machines, like live recording machines. Like, uh, Tony, Tony, don't you have uh, this thing uh, that, that kind of degrades the sound while it's looping? Oh, yeah. I, the I, lap, lap loop oh, or something? Uh, oh, yeah. The, well, yeah, the lap loop, it's... Um, what's the memory? Is it like a bucket brigade? device or something so that the voltage gradually degrade so it the first of all it has so first of all it has some tools for degradation and you can really uh, have a mess like from old cassette tape recording i really like it so it has like dynamical degradation frequency degradation non-linear de degradation but uh key stuff that it uh, have some uh shifting stuff so it's like it's not the same loop it's not a looper mm. actually so it's uh, a drifting memory station the best uh, expl explanation what is it so it's like special methods of scanning on this memory so you never get the same so it's like evolving soundscape and it evolves in its own you can put one sound go to another room uh, 20 minutes it will play geek <laughs> I, I really i really like using a, a loop a, like a hardware looper in a live situation because if i set it's like setting a, a really long delay with a feedback but not 100 percent. so the the signal is gradually decaying but i'm still feeding material into the looper so to me, this is some kind of chaotic situation because the way it's layering up is not something that I can predict or control and I have to, I don't know. But it um, does bring a constant element to it, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's um, it's like a loop, but the loop is changing and decaying and as as it's as the feedback is decaying and as you're feeding mm -hmm. more stuff into it, it's something that, that evolves in this really organic way. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the looping nature of it is, is really hypnotic and it, it kind of carries people along on that journey. So I, I find that a really useful, uh, technique for the, the live, uh, some of the live abstract stuff. So it's uh, totally 100 persons for live performance. So Cosmos is a very, very live instrument, like all uh, Soma instruments. No problem. And uh, you really can play whole as Cosmos and something else. Of course, it will be something uh, specific. You cannot play 
Madonna super hit using uh, Cosmos. That's but okay. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I really, I, I really like. Um, I I really like playing live with the least instruments, and um, I think. Yeah, there was a situation at the end, uh, like in December 2019, uh, we were doing a Transcendence Orchestra live show in Berlin and we thought that there were three uh, three members performing, but one got really sick and couldn't do it. And so I I brought really, I, I literally had a the Lyra and a, a, a delay and a, a delay pedal. And, you know, I was expecting another member to, to have more equipment. So, you know, we ended up playing and having really very little. I, yeah, I find it really liberating to, to have to work harder with less and squeeze more out of what I've got. And then I'm finding the real gold in it. Yeah. Well, that's the, those lazy. situations where you are put on the spot are the, yeah. are the ones where you get most creative because you, you just have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It forces, it, for, it forces you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, being out of your comfort zone often helps, um, um, you know, having you do things that you, didn't expect or, uh, yeah, like you said, it makes you work harder. And, and oft often those are the moments where you, like you said, you find gold, you know, you, you, you are, uh, doing things. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, like intuitively and, um, in the moment that, uh, that's where the interesting moments arise, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Where uh, I didn't expect this and I wasn't prepared for this. So, <laughs> I mean, at the deep end, okay, we're playing live. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I like, yeah, I actually enjoy, enjoy that, those situations. It's, it's special things can come out of that or, or you can just crash and burn. But, you know, usually you, I don't no, know. No, usually it works. Yeah, it always works. I, I, yeah. I have a, a kind of delusional faith in it turning out okay. You can, it's a delusional like, though, because I mean, you by now you have so much experience in, in playing live. You're always going to get something out of it, you know. And even it's always also in situations where you think, oh, I don't know, I might not have had my best night. It is totally. It can be a total different different perception for the people who who watched it because they saw you sweat and work hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good. I and think um, it's good to see <laughs> it's it's good to when you when you watch a performance, it's good to to see someone putting effort in and, and working hard, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's something uh yeah, people like to see that you're you're tr you're well, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess it's, it's, well, I don't think it's the, it's only that, you know, like seeing a musician suffer, <laughs> trying to save his ass, you know, on, on stage, but it's also creates some, some tension, you know, because yeah, you know, yeah, that tension, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, the, the audience can see, okay, this guy's really improvising and, um, um, yeah, sometimes things don't really align that well, but then all of a sudden things click and, and there's some, 
you know, some magic happens and mm -hmm. that's the moment everybody's waiting for, you know, because that's that's what you want from a performance that it really all makes sense and 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 clicks and you can feel the room is like uh, all in the, on the same page about what they're hearing and what they're seeing and and you know without the 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 risk of making that mistake um it's you never really get to that point you know mm. yeah right glenn <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i think um when it comes to improvising it's 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 it depends on on uh, it's like you say when you're out of your comfort zone and trying to do the most with with little things. That's um, that's what I think it's so interesting about instruments like pipe and, and uh, stuff we we didn't cover so far, um, which are for me very interesting because you always start with your own tonal voice to to get a to get a sound out of it so and it can be very diverse in in, in outcome so um yeah yeah during our set i saw um i saw you use it a few times where you were not actually even triggering external sounds but just basically affecting mm -hmm. your own voice and um it makes it a way more direct and and almost vulnerable way of performing because you know you can actually um, you know hear somebody's voice in in that context which is kind of unfamiliar but also can I, I can imagine you can feel quite naked if you <laughs> if you start doing that right because yeah. you can hide you can hide you can use the pipe and kind of hide behind it you know and make it all sort of really sort of smooth and ambient and a big cloud of sound but you can also use it more as a vocal treatment type device yeah yeah it depends what what preset you're on but yeah you can do like very crazy things because it's it's a contact mic so you everywhere where you're gaining some sort of sound you can use it in your neck, you can use it on your belly if you're like practicing hard enough. You can do like very crazy things with pipe, you know. It's not really just one thing, just blowing on it and, and, and then it makes like this sound. No, it's not like that. You have to know the instrument is really an instrument. It's, it's, it really fits the philosophy of, uh, of Soma gear. It's very fragile. It's not always like some 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 demon is like talking inside, or it, it, you can do like very uh, tiny things like LFOs with it, and yeah. So it's we also have like very different mics for it, which also give like a lot of different outcomes. Uh, a lot of mics react on, on different timbres and 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 very specific things you can change in your voice. So it's it's really a unique instrument which will sound, which will probably not sound the same with everybody. So if we four had like a pipe and we're just blowing inside of it, we will still get four different things. Mm. And also as a run through, direct through effects uh, unit is very useful. Flat can maybe give us some technical things but you can, you can use it as well as as a as an effects unit in the end of your chain not using it with the contact mic so yeah it's it's very diverse uh, in that way um, 
many possibilities to use it in a very unique way. Yeah, that's why I like about it, really. Right, Flavin? <laughs> right? Very, very nice. <laughs> Actually, I <clears throat> I have another question. Uh, question that just came in mind for uh, for Vlad um, you know as a uh, musician I know I'm always kind of chasing after an idea and uh, sometimes I get closer to it than other times and uh, sometimes it doesn't even represent at all the idea or the starting point that I uh, uh, that got me going uh, but um, um so it's it's basically never really one hundred percent satisfaction, which is the beauty about it, because then you uh, you you go back to the studio another day and have another attempt. Basically, um, how do you feel that is that something you can relate to with designing instruments? Have you do you are you chasing to build like your uh, ultimate instrument? Maybe do you have a favorite you've built so far, or are you always chasing the impossible <laughs> imaginary instrument? Mm, actually, this is an interesting question, and because I have both experience as a musician and as an engineer, different, uh, for sure. Maybe the difference is that as a musician, you have almost endless freedom, because you can do everything you want, but uh, as an engineer, you very hard uh, hard limited by uh, physical laws and laws of circuitry and uh, radio electronics. That is why you cannot do everything that you want. You have to follow rules uh, and you have, to, otherwise, it simply will not work. So uh, you will work with much uh, narrow, maybe, boundaries. narrow, narrow window of possibilities. That is why it's hard to say about this kind of perfection like this because it's not just pure expression of your feeling it's like a combination of uh, your philosophy feelings and uh, strict rules of uh, physics mm. so for me it's any time every time it's journey for sure it's not just like straight way from a to b and uh, uh, it's exploration anytime so i listen thousands of times to my instrument and change something change uh, these changes can be small or big for example uh, the pulsar uh, passed through several stages before it got final shape so uh, the first uh, fx processor was much simpler the, the, the first uh, uh, this looper sequencer built in was much simpler and uh, also small building blocks like uh, these small blocks like BCAs, those figures, pitches, inverters, it was not included in the very first version. So it's uh, all the time it's listening. So I do something, I have a clear idea how to start. I cannot go too far from this idea, at least for the moment, there is what was not. Such cases like I, I'm start, I started from pulsar and uh, finished with pipe. So, uh, <laughs> but it's possible. 
like the like vice versa. I, I absolutely can imagine the situation, but I, it uh, hasn't happened yet. I think it maybe it will happen in the future. So, mm. but, which, one, uh, which 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 instrument does represent your your philosophy the closest? Do you think of the ones you've already re released? I think uh, all of them together. That is why they right. are so different. That is why they are so so different. I I didn't make uh, Lyra eight plus, for example, but my mm -hmm. <laughs> Lyra twelve. So for me, much more interesting, like great objects in my sound universe, and these objects uh, have to be different. So all of them together represent uh, this vision that I yeah. try to. So. Um, Actually, for example, Pipe absolutely not uh, as much successful like Lyra, but I love Pipe not less than Lyra. And for me, Pipe is really very interesting instrument and uh, it's open for me personally, like a musician, a lot of possibilities that I can't get without the Pipe. Because I'm not a singer, and uh, but I would like to sing, uh, sing and I use Pipe like turn my, my voice in, into some word synthesizer. I cannot do such things without pipe. So, actually, this is like maybe something in between uh, poetry and scientific work. So, uh, what is the ultimate scientific uh, equation? I think there is no such equation. It's like infinite road, something like this. So I feel something like this. I feel not Still no uh, final point in this journey. Maybe that is why I I have no uh, even imaginary perfect tool, like perfect musical instrument mm -hmm. that I will create. At least yeah. at the moment. Makes sense. Well, people, we have been talking for more than two hours. Well, <laughs> hey, where did the cat go? I thought the cat oh, was it's, there. it's on my lap. <laughs> you might, maybe you can hear it purring. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, thanks for this conversation. Um, usually at the end of the talk, we give everybody um, uh, an opportunity to plug some stuff that they're working on or some releases that, that are coming out, some gigs, some new instruments, maybe in this case. Um, so let's go from top to bottom, left to right, flat. Anything you want to make people aware of? that they might not know, something you've got coming out in the future, anything that we haven't discussed? So actually, uh, these two hours we spoke about so much stuff, so everything was discussed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watch new, new news from Soma Laboratory, so soon we will have some new releases, I hope soon, because now it seems really hard to be in this industry, everything is crazy, crazy slow because of this COVID. But hope we will uh, make new releases quite soon. So uh, some of them was uh, announced. So I'm very happy with the conversation. So <laughs> a lot of things was discussed around Soma. So mm -hmm. nothing, nothing special for to be added to this conversation. Thank okay. you very much for invitation and uh, this unique and awesome uh, company for this uh, nice discussion. Excellent. Thank you, Vlad. Uh, really uh, great to have you on. It's an honor. Um, yeah, um, Glenn, anything you've got 
in the pipeline you want to make people aware of? I would know something, but I don't know if I can talk about it. <laughs> uh, not yet, but um, okay. I'm, I'm working on a, on a more spacey album for Linear Straight, more ambient for, for a well-known label. Okay. Awesome. Whatever. So, yeah, we'll, there will be lots of stuff. I'm working with Yeruna on a new uh, release, um, but it's, 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 it's a little bit harder because we don't, we don't live that close to each other. So it's like, it, it's what we've been talking about last two hours. If you're not together in this outside your comfort zone place, sometimes things will go a little bit not that, not that smooth, you know, as you're like, jamming together you yeah. easily have like something like what well, this is cool mm -hmm. like, like we had and then and, and, uh, but but I'm, I'm i'm sure there will be a lot of stuff uh, i did a remix for uh, alexander kowalski um i think i can talk about that i'm not sure about the release date but anyway there's a lot of things in the pipeline other for my other projects as you and know. if we if people want to find you what's the best place do you have a band camp anything you want to direct people to, to find out about your music um not really i've i've been on on, on good labels so far but i never got from my linear straight into a personal band camp account um but there there will be news from the radical g side so yeah it will be busy this year for sure excellent awesome super cool thanks. nice one uh yeah great to have you on as well and tony you want to Promote something, plug anything, um, stuff yeah, you're working I, on. I've been doing various experiments and recording. We'll see what happens with those. Um, but in the kind of near future, there's uh, the first um, marital aid uh, radio show this year is going to be, uh, I think it's like it's on Rinse FM Friday morning at the the wonderful hour of, uh, I think, like 1 a.m. or something. <laughs> But it's we we always you know it's you can always listen back on um, the dynamic tension SoundCloud. I I put it up there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's always a lot of fun doing the radio shows with um, DJ Bus Replacement Service, um, playing a, a weird weird and wonderful range of stuff. Um, and I think that yeah, in the near future, that's it. But yeah, like. There are always things bubbling away in the background, but, but you know, um, you often can't announce them until, till they're ready and you know where their, where their home is and stuff like that. But there's, yeah. there's stuff on the way. There's always stuff on the way. Okay. Well, great, great to have you on again. And, uh, who knows, maybe we can do another jam sometimes. Yeah. It's always, <laughs> always a pleasure to be involved with the, the knob twiddlers. Cool. And um, yeah, Great. thanks for uh, thanks all for um, joining. And I think I would um, stick to two things. Uh, one would be our Discord server. People who are like are into this kind of subjects and like to talk about technolo technology, since um, making music, production, sound design, uh, or talk about cats or whatever. Uh, mm. We have <laughs> we've got a Discord server where um, where all the knob twillers are hanging out and exchanging information and learning things from each other. And actually, I'm I'm learning a lot there as well, which is great. Uh, it's a really nice community and uh, lots of interaction. So it's a it's a cool place if you if you want to spend more time uh, uh, listening and talking to people about this subject. 
Uh, and the other thing is our Patreon page. If uh, yeah, I encourage you to check that out. Um, the link should be in the in the comments soon or in the description of the video. Um, if you want to support us, that would be great. Or you can actually get in the higher tiers, you can get um, you can get some sound packs and stuff like that, and um, master classes, a lot of things, uh, a lot of extras. Um, and that's pretty much it, people. So thanks again. Thank you. I really enjoyed this one. Um, such a nice bunch of people to hang out with. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, everybody had a good time. Thank you for watching the people on YouTube and Twitch. Bye-bye. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye.